Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Winter Solstice edition of the Patrick Lally Show. On this shortest day of the year, we welcome real winter to the best little city in America. It's time, people. It's time to embrace the cold, the snow, the pain of the next three months. Just because the temperature drops doesn't mean we have to give up. Embrace it, people. This is our, this is our heritage. This is our culture. This is who we are. This is also the last show that we will have here uh, until Tuesday. Uber producer Dan Peters and I are taking a few days off for the holiday. I'll be back on Tuesday, so we just wanted to take a few minutes here to express our gratitude to you, our good listeners. You're all good people. I wish you a peaceful and blessed Christmas. You know, uh, Dan and I, uh, we get along pretty well. You know, we do. Uh, we come from different term, different traditions, really, in terms of Christmas observation, uh, you know, that's we're just different people. But I think there's a, a fundamental agreement uh, on this show and not just in this studio, but among all of us. Uh, that's it's an idea that underpins the Patrick Lally show. And that is a basic respect for other people, a belief in their inherent goodness that lives in each of us. I talk a lot about human rights on this program. I talk a lot about civil rights and I and recognizing that each of us as individual citizens of the world are afforded those rights. It's ingrained in the United States Declaration of Independence that, uh, and I've quoted this often, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. People around me get tired of hearing me recite that passage, uh, but I always think that it holds lessons for us in daily life that are even more poignant during these holidays. It uh, expresses for me the tenets of liberty, obviously, but also implies that there is a recognition of our differences. And it's my hope that in celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ as Savior uh, or the rededication to the Holy Temple of Jerusalem, that is Hanukkah, the roots of Hanukkah, even the recognition of the prophet of Jesus and the sainthood of Mary that is part of the Muslim tradition or straight or the just straight out secular celebration of time off with family and friends that we show the respect and love that each of us deserve. And uh, I know Dan has, uh, you know, a very uh, deep faith and a, 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 careful and respectful observation of Christmas as well. That I do. Yes. And the one thing that, that I come into with a philosophy is that if we were all alike, then one of us would not be necessary. And that's the individual portion of this world that we live in. Yes, we are our own person, and we make our own decisions. We follow our own path, and that's what makes this world unique, and we need all stripes, all types of people to be able to make this world unique. And also, because we know here, and, and another philosophical portion of this is that someone is superior to me in something. And, of course, that goes in reverse. I am superior to everyone in something. Hmm. And, you know, we, we just wanted to pass on some of those thoughts for you. Uh, you know, it can get we get, you know, heated here. We get uh, controversial. We try to be challenging to people's thoughts and assumptions and um, their, the use of power and the abuse of power. But mostly we just wanted to say thank you for listening and supporting this program. And Merry Christmas, because it is a great time of year. And we have a fantastic show for you today. Our guests include Sioux City, Sioux City, Sioux Falls City Councilor Teresa Staley, She's coming back on the program. Uh, she'll be in the second hour. Always great to talk with Teresa. We'll hit all the hot topics from golf course management to the swirling controversy over the legacy development contract and other issues related to government secrecy. The Smart Cyclist will be here for Weird Friends, and uh, we'll share some winter riding tips that are certainly going to come up. I rode today. I rode in the snow. It was beautiful out there. 
It's nice right now. There's no there's no ice. <laughs> it's it's not slippery. It's just puffy, lovely snow. Uh, and I uh, will have a PL statement for you just after the break. Today's topic, um, a little bit of, uh, I'm going to talk briefly about the uh, Copper Lounge news that came out uh, as Jonathan Ellis was leaving us yesterday. And I will have a, and I'll talk a little bit about uh, foreign policy and engagement in the world in this holiday season. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 315 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Yes, we're going to get a little bit closer to free here, thanks to the Bodines and the PNL statement. I hope uh, I have uh, been looking through the news today and uh, sort of casting my gaze about to find things that strike me as odd or interesting and that I can talk to you, good folks, about. And of course, uh, across the front page of your Argus Leader today, a story by Jonathan Ellis and Joe Sneevy that we talked about just as we went off the air yesterday. Um, a story uh, by those two gentlemen, and and uh, Jonathan was on the show. Um, so it looks like the uh, the allegation here is that the the folks who were doing the demo there at Copper Lounge uh, maybe didn't follow all the rules when it comes to asbestos abatement, and uh, it seems to be a, a bad thing. Uh, they just rolled that stuff up and put it in the dump. <laughs> That's not how this works, and. That's not a good thing, and it's a, a another strike against the idea that uh, the forces that were working on that project, the Copper Lounge, which was Hultgren Construction, which is not a company anymore, as I understand, uh, in in the real sense because of the uh, problems there. But Mr. Hultgren's involved in the new development downtown through Legacy Development. He is a a part of that company, uh, and Hultgren Construction was a separate arm, but. It doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good, does it? And the criminal investigation there continues by the feds. We don't know if that investigation is directly related to this one yet or how that's going to work. But it's not a good thing. And so uh, Jonathan was talking about that yesterday that you heard. Um, But what I want to really talk about today is uh, a little bit of foreign policy because I've been thinking more and more about what the president said in terms of his blueprint for the country's national security that he delivered earlier this week. Um, And you've probably heard some about it, something about it, that it really followed on the themes of his campaign in the early days of his presidency uh, with a America first uh, approach, fortifying boundaries, ripping up unfair trade agreements and rebuilding our military might. And it's been characterized as a kind of a return to Cold War footing and a, a dark vision of uh, the world. Um, one of the quotes is, America is in the game and America is going to win, the president said. It's, it's hard to know what is really uh, the vision here, the philosophy. Um, there was, as it was noted, a disconnect between the president's speech and the official analysis of the uh, foreign policy statement that he delivered to Congress, which he's required to do. Um, And I've just been thinking about what that means because there was no sense of broader mission there except America first. There was no sense of uh, trying to deliver democracy, freedom, liberty around the globe, that that is no longer the underpinning of our foreign policy and our mission abroad. It became very much an economic message and a market force message. And I don't know that economics or market forces are always the best arbiters of foreign policy. And that's no surprise if you've been listening to this show for any period of time that that's what I would think. Because I I do have a broader global 
vision, I think, of what humanity can be and what human rights are and how we can be a force for good in the world. And there's no doubt that we often, even with the best intentions, have stubbed our toe. But I'm reminded that we still live in a world where violence, death, genocide are still very much alive. And I ran across a, a, a list today in the uh, it's from business, businessinsider.com, and this is a fairly recent list, which was essentially the five worst uh, genocidal movements currently going on in the world. And I just wanted to remind you good people about how things really can be. And when we walk away from the world, what we're walking away from. You've heard a lot about the Rohingya who live in northwestern Myanmar and the persecution that they have undergone in that majority Buddhist country, the Rohingya are Muslim. They've long suffered as second-class citizens because most people in the country believe they're illegal immigrants and terrorists from Bangladesh. U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson officially declared Rohingya crisis a case of ethnic cleansing on Wednesday. This was a while ago. So far, up to 3,000 people have been killed in Myanmar, and at least 270,000 have been displaced. And I will say I put on the P. Lally Show Twitter feed earlier today um, and my personal feed and my Facebook page a story from the AP that documents the genocide that is occurring in Myanmar. And I suggest you go read it. It is a brutal account, pieced together from many, many stories of systematic slaughter of the Rohingya. And it's hard to read. It's hard to read. And it has an amazing ending that you just can't believe and restores a bit of your faith. But you should go read that. It's on our Twitter feed. It's from the AP. It's very well done. But that's not the only case. The newer and other ethnic groups in South Sudan. As you recall, South Sudan became the world's newest country in 2011, but since 2013 has been mired in a brutal civil war, according to this list from businessinsider.com. It, of course, is a multifaceted ethnic conflict, and uh, we have come to know the South Sudanese people much better here in our community as we've accepted many of them after the civil war before independence into our community. So we know more about Sudan than we know about a lot of a lot of countries. But it uh, South Sudan's president Salva Kiir, a member of the Dinka group, has been using his army to wage a campaign of genocide and ethnic cleansing against the Dinka's main rival, the Nur, as well as other smaller local groups. The Nur have taken part in ethnic cleansing against the Dinka as well. The UK has branded these targeted killings and rapes as genocide. And it continues. Christians and Yazidis, sorry, in Iraq and Syria. As the terrorist group ISIS carved its caliphate out of war-torn Syria and Iraq in 2014 and 2015, it extended its reach over various non-Muslim communities and ethnic groups, including the Yazidis and Shiites, uh, as well as Syrian Christians living in both Syria and Iraq. Brutal genocidal campaigns that we know a little more about. Christians and Muslims in Central African Republic. The Central African Republic and African country wedged mainly between the Democratic Republic of the Congo, South Sudan, and Chad has been broiled in civil war since 2013 when the country's Christian president, Francois Boziz, was overthrown by a coalition of Muslim groups. The war has subsided since then, but there are militant gangs, and it is bad. The Dufori... Darfuris in Sudan, more Sudan. Of course, we know about Darfur to a certain extent. Ethnic killing continues there. Those are five areas around the globe where abject genocide continues. Put that into context of our foreign policy. The problem with putting America first is that you're put humanity second. 
We can't walk away from the world. We can't turn away from war and genocide. We just cannot. Former President Bill Clinton has said many times of his great, great regret that we didn't do anything as Rwanda fell into a genocidal horror. It's time that we finally accept this lasting truth, which has been altered and reworded over uh, a millennia, but has its origin in the Gospel of Luke, which said, to whomever, to whomever much is given, of him will much be required, and to whom much was entrusted, of him more will be asked. And you've heard that used as, to whom much are given, much is expected, or various forms of it. And we have been given so much. We've spent the last two years arguing about how to fix our country with a constant barrage of the terrible state of the economy and our society. That's wrong. Our world, the United States, the developed world in general, is an amazing accomplishment of civilization and thought and rationale. But we must always move forward, never, never go back never entrench ourselves in some sort of selfish preservation of our wealth because it does not last. Wealth is ephemeral. Freedom is the goal. Liberty is the value. If you turn a blind eye to the world, and particularly in this Christmas season, in this holiday when we think more deeply about our purpose here, if you deny the responsibility the world has given you, if you turn a blind eye, you've given up that responsibility. You've stepped away from your role. Much has been given to us and much is expected. America first is not the fulfillment of that promise or that responsibility. That's the bottom line on the PL statement today. You can agree or disagree with me. That's great. Email me, Patrick at KSO.com. You can follow us on Twitter at P Lally Show. We're on Facebook Live. You can comment there. Get in touch, people. Join the conversation. I'd love to hear from you. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, it's the smart cyclist in for weird friends on Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-five on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Swing it with the Brian Setzer well, Orchestra. Kid Jack is something down the track. He got rhythm in his feet, but nothing in his hat. Boogie woogie Santa Claus. It's a nice track, Boogie Woogie Santa Claus. You know, if you're gonna go Christmas music. Go with the Brian Setzer Orchestra. It's good stuff. New swing. We welcome to the studio very happily on a Thursday, lovely Thursday afternoon, the Smart Cyclist. Mr. Smart Cyclist, thank you for somehow making your way over to the KSO Studios this lovely afternoon. Winter is here. And that just means people like say, well, the biking season's over, isn't it? And I say, no, no, sir, it is not. There is, uh, there's plenty of biking going on out there. I call right? it the second season, the postseason. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting some strange, some strange uh, uh, messages from the booth. See, this is what happens when you have that double Facebook Live, and then so my stuff comes through over on your feed. So I'm actually talking and giving my comments while, while you guys are going, too. Oh, I see how that works. Ah, that's what you were doing. We, we're, we're, okay, we got the Facebook Live. We run this every day. And today, we're, we've taken a tip from our friends in the morning at the Main Street Cafe, Chad and Beth, and we're running the double screen. So uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Peters in there can talk to the people. It's pretty cool. New technology. Yeah, well, and then, which means we're just going to mess it up a couple of times before we get it right. The learning curve. Oh, huge. The new set of possible errors. So you can go and uh, watch that sausage being made um, <laughs> on Facebook Live right now if you want. Uh, so, but we're, we're talking about psych. So, like, I rode today. You did. I saw I, your bike out there. Thank you. How was it looking? Snow covered? A little bit. Oh, uh, geez. 
Um, and but today, today it's easy, really. Today is the perfect amount of snow. Yeah. In that it's not too hard to push through. Yep. Um, but it's not so minuscule that it doesn't count. So it's real today. Yep. And the other thing that happened, which is uh, not always the case, there was no like rain beforehand and it had been cold. So there's no ice underneath. You know what's underneath and that's just pavement. So, pavement yeah. and grass. Yes. It's all good. When I was coming in today though, uh, I was not the only one because there was there were other tracks on the trail. That's the fun part about biking in winter. You can get on the bike trail and you see tracks and you know you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, because you can feel alone. Yes. In the winter. Yes. But uh, there's uh, my my tracks are not as wide as many others. The fat bike craze and I, many of you people out there if you're not if you're not a cyclist and that's okay. Uh, but you've probably seen the big fat tire bikes. You can get a tire you get a fat bike now with a 5-inch wide tire on it. Yeah. That's pushing some rubber. That is pushing some rubber. Um, yeah, and, and that's uh, hard to push through snow, um, except that perhaps you float on top of the snow because your tires are wide enough. And yeah, so, but you never, if it's new, you don't ever really float on top of it, do you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because I weigh 200 pounds. <laughs> you have a fat bike, though. You I have- do have a fat bike. Um, I don't exclusively ride that in the winter time, but, uh, we know from watching, well, from even being on cyclocross courses, that the fat bike race, when they get in the sand, mm-hmm. they can just push right over it, right through it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the cyclocrossers get kind of wiggly and sometimes have to get off and run. So, you know, um, from that, that they're a little bit more stable riding on snow, which is an advantage. Um, a downside of that, if you if you put your tires at low pressure like people recommend so that you do float on top of the snow, quote unquote, then you're also moving slower. So it's going to take you a little bit longer to get to work. And if you if you let that affect you, like, oh, I need to be going faster, then you do end up working harder, which can be good, but you can also get very warm. <laughs> very you get fast. warm and sweaty by the time you get to work. So and yeah. The- Leaving early, being prepared, leaving early, and uh, and knowing that yeah, it's gonna it could go slower because I got my tires at a lower pressure. Um, being mentally prepared for that. That's part of why I like the fat bike anyway, is because um, any pressure to go fast is kind of alleviated. <laughs> yeah. by, Look, I'm on this fat bike. I can't be expected to go fast. So. Right, right. And I uh, I got a new bike this year that I was that I'm planning to use for my winter commuting, and I've tried. Uh, studded tires. I've tried winter tires that for different bikes, you know, that are, and there's no replacement in the winter though f- for straight up width. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now I have a bike with three inch wide, not the fives, but the threes. And I, I'm liking it a lot. Yeah. That's a good size. Um, kind of a happy medium besides the wide and just your regular cyclocross tire with a little bit of tread. Um, and it's still wider than your average mountain bike tire even. Yeah. I go back and forth on studded tires. Yeah, so but you ride you ride a mountain bike as well, right? Yes. So my joke on studded tires is I I one year I don't ride studded tires and then I fall off and say, "Oh, I got to ride studded tires." Mm-hmm. So then the next year I put on my studded tires mm-hmm. and I never fall off. Yep. And then I'm like, "Do I really need these studded <laughs> tires?" So then the next year I don't ride studded tires and I fall off yeah. and I go, oh, <laughs> "I really need to ride studded tires." I've gone back and, you know, I, I, like you said, I've gone back and forth and I had studded tires. And I realized, though, that in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we scrape and treat every last piece of snow that can possibly be out there, that you end up riding with studded tires on concrete and pavement a lot. Yeah, more so than, yeah. Um, especially they do the roads, they do the bike trail, they do a g- good job at the bike trail. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, you know, there's there's a few days where there's actually ice, but mm-hmm. most days, yeah, it's just pavement. And then for those small sections of ice, um, if it's, if it's too scary, too long of a section to ride, you can walk. It's fine. And if you, uh, if it's short, you just got to know that you don't change directions while you're on that ice. You, <laughs> you I always say you pick a spot on the other side of the ice and go straight at it. Yep. And you don't expect to turn or adjust your course until you get off of the ice. So Don't panic. Yes. Stay loose. <laughs> Stay loose. Uh, I've seen yep. that many times. Uh, you actually can ride ice better than at over five, six feet without yeah. any problem. Yeah. But it's 
Uh, it is a uh, uh, bit of a heart pop. It makes your pulse go up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you do. You have to learn that you can't change the direction. So you look ahead. Is there anybody coming? Because, yeah, if somebody approaches you while you're on that ice and you need to change directions, that's just not going to happen. And on this point about the streets and, and you know, because people in this town, they're so spoiled. We are so spoiled. And I, we we hit the snow removal by nobody's business. If you go up to Minneapolis in the middle of winter, Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck driving, let alone <laughs> riding a bike, man. Yeah, it's more brutal. snow on the ground up there. They don't care. Yeah. It's, it's, we got most of it. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, get out of the way. It is, after all, winter. Yeah, and they get more snow. You know, they, up there, what happens is about halfway through the winter, if it's a normal winter, they'll start saying, um, yeah, well, you can only park on one side of the street now because there's not enough right. room. It's bad. Yeah. We're lucky, lucky people. And yeah. yet- we complain. The luckier we are, the more we complain. And then we keep getting more lucky. And then we keep getting more and more lucky. Uh, hey, by the way, this is a total aside. Yeah. But I've seen a couple of mentions of this lately. Um, and this is for everybody that uses the trail system. You may have insight here. Maybe you don't, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. The city put up the sign at the dam uh, near the... Uh, uh, golf courses over there that they were going to open that coming in 2017 still 2017 well the sign is blown over (laughs) no work has been done i'm thinking now we're looking at 2018 to extend the trail over there yes the best explanation i've heard of that for for that um goes to a national political problem Mm -hmm. which is your current executive branch doesn't have all the leadership in place in all the necessary departments. For the Corps of Engineers. Including the Corps of Engineers. And so without a direction, without a direction, without somebody setting a direction for the Corps of Engineers, that project is stalled. Like forever? For next year. They maybe should have taken the sign donor, like gone up there with a Sharpie and scratched out the seven and made it an eight. Make it an eight. Well, now that it's blown over, maybe somebody should do that. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's the, that's the best explanation. Um, And as far as I know, it's, it's right and true, but, and I have no reason to think that it's not right and true. It's just that um, it seems like a cop out in that we're not, I'm not that in touch with national, with the national administration scene to know if it is true or not, but that's a pretty decent, reasonable explanation if, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? We haven't even gotten to the meat of this. We've just been chit chatting. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to carry the smart cyclist over and I'm going to whack what I had planned next. It was kind of depressing anyway. So I get it, bonus footage. You get bonus footage. All right. This is the Patrick Lally show on information. One thousand. K-S-O-O. Oh, Mr. Kringle, it's soon gonna jingle. The bells that'll tingle all your troubles away. 349 here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. Continuing with our Brian Setzer Christmas theme. He's got sleigh full, it's not gonna stay full. He's got stuff to drop at every stop of the way. I love the big band sound that uh, Brian's got going there. You know, he started out with the Stray Cats, the Stray Cat strut and all that. Now he's made kind of a, he's made a, a new career out of uh, Christmas-themed big band concerts. And he does it quite, quite well. We return to our conversation with the smart cyclist, Mr. Michael Christensen, um, in, in a rare two-segment Weird Friends uh, as we wind down to the Christmas break here. We won't have a show tomorrow. We'll be back on Tuesday with a full show. So, uh, Michael, we've been talking a lot about riding and bikes to use in the winter, but not as much about clothing. Clothing is key. Now, this is true of any outdoor activity. So a lot of this translates, people. This is not Absolutely. just a crazy biking thing. Right. What, is, what do you take, what do you bring as your key philosophy to dressing for outdoor cycling and or other activity. Your body generates more heat than you think. Ah, there it is. So, so my fear is that I'll get a flat tire and then my body won't be generating heat. Yep. And then I'll freeze to death in a crumpled mess on the, <laughs> on the bike trail. <laughs> They'll find but, you, you know, days later. But if that's the case, then I'll just hurry up and run to the nearest gas station and call 911. <laughs> Lock your bike to a tree. Yes. Well, or not, because nobody's going to ride it. Cause <laughs> it's got a flat tire and it's cold. 
Um, but yeah, the body generates heat, and there's no such thing as bad weather. There's just bad clothing choices, right? That's right. Um, costs a little bit more money to ride in the in the winter because you're you're talking a little bit more technical gear, but you know you're a you're a hobbyist and an enthusiast, so it's worth it to you, right? Yeah, and you're saving all that money by uh, uh, not driving, but also uh, no cotton kills, no cotton. Yeah, don't do cotton. Do do the do the synthetic fibers. Um, wool is good. And that's not synthetic. No, that's so. a real fiber. But uh, I, for instance, as we speak, as I show the Facebook Live audience. You're wearing your smart wool t-shirt. I have a smart wool base layer here over a synthetic undergarment. So I don't have the, yes. it's merino, so it's very soft. But even if you have that against your skin all day, it starts to get a little yeah. aggravating. So you put yeah. a nice synthetic type base layer. Mine happens to be uh, uh, not Murano. It's uh, modal. Okay. Modal and merino. That's the best yeah. combination yeah. right there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for my top, when I'm out riding, I got, uh, I do an Under Armour compression base layer. Mm-hmm. They have a few different widths or thicknesses. Mm-hmm. I do the thickest, which, mm-hmm. um, and then I throw over a, a windproof, waterproof coat. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm saying I'm wearing that at 25 degrees and up and warmer. Um the colder it gets then I can throw, I can, I keep those same two layers, but then I throw on shirts between the compression layer and the jacket. Yep. So one shirt, two shirt, any more than that. And well, maybe it is too cold to ride or. Well, once cause... it gets really cold, uh, I will, I have a very, like the thin down sweaters, the, like uh-huh. the, the Patagonia North face, whatever. Uh-huh. And you put one of those over what you're talking about, like the original bit. And then boy, you're, yeah. you're going to be warm. And uh, you're actually kind of flirting with disaster there because it can get too warm. Yeah, you, yeah, and yeah. The, the fear back to that flat tire is that if if I do get too warm, I start sweating, and then if I have to stop and walk, then that starts to get cold. But unlike you, and and we've had this discussion, I always overpack. So not yeah. only do I overdress, I also have uh, other plenty of other stuff with me. Yes. <laughs> Which extras, I, which I saw a picture that that came in handy for you on a ride a week or two ago. Yes, I was able to loan somebody some socks. Yes, See, that's it's good. all fun and games until somebody needs socks <laughs> and they aren't there and they aren't there. Um, yeah. Um, so, and then, uh, on the bottoms, the tights, um, a pair of tights, a thicker, thicker, uh, thicker tight. Um, again, tw- that 25 degrees and up. Um, if it gets a lot cooler than that, then I got the smart wool base layer, just like what you're wearing, only for the bottoms. And then uh, a more of a pant, more of a windproof pant that I put on underneath that. Um, gloves. Uh, I have a nice windproof set of gloves. And then I can throw in liners underneath that. Um, I haven't had the need to go any, go any more extreme than that. Um, I have the bar mitts. In part because, yes, you do. In part because... In the wintertime, I'm not looking to go two or three hours at a time. Yeah. I'm, looking for, I'm looking for that minimum from home to work, 20 minutes from work to home, 25 minutes because it's uphill. Um, and, and, yeah, so those gloves, sometimes my hands gets a little bit, get a little bit cold, but it's not, it's not going to kill me and it's not going to ruin my hands. So, Tell me about your footwear, Michael. Footwear. <laughs> I got the boots. Yeah. And the boots are the most expensive thing that I own. You can get shoe covers. Me too. But... Uh, but the boots make a huge difference. Um, and for that, inside, I do a regular sock. And then I can add the thick smart wool hunters. But if you hunter's get too many socks. socks in there and your toes get right. squished, they get colder than they would if you could still move them. Right. So I don't do more than those two layers yeah. of socks. Movable toes, people. That's Very important. important. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good recitation. Now, I run goggles. Do you ever run goggles? I don't run goggles. I do a ba- balaclava. Do you do that too? Yes, when I need to. But right. anytime you put it over your, anytime you put it over your mouth, then you can't. It fogs up your go- your glasses. Yes, so I don't wear glasses and uh, I don't wear goggles because of that, and yeah. I haven't had the need to. Um, so yesterday I was out twenty twenty nine degrees, thirty degrees, mm-hmm. and I didn't do any face cover, and it was windy. I don't and know. You are a was. man. But that was so I was okay there. Um, but yeah, any any cooler? I did wear a. Um, Gator, a gator that yeah, I gator. could have pulled up all over yeah. my nose if I wanted to, but I didn't have to. Yeah, I'm a fan of the gator. Yeah, uh, that is a if you want to be outside, and I'm telling you, I talk about this all the time. We're outside people, so get outside. That's what you need. There it. you have it. That yeah. is the that is your 
your basics of outdoor recreation right there. Yeah, and, and we're not talking dressing up like the Michelin man in, no. a, in a big old ski jacket and big old snow pants. It's, it's nice and small and light, and you're still agile, but you're warm. The smart cyclist, Michael Christensen, and uh, I appreciate you taking a little time today, Michael, and come on on over to the studio. Glad to be here, as always. I hope to see you next week. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Well, I moved into this room, if you could call it that, a week ago. I never do what I'm supposed to do. Jason Eagle, Alabama Pines. Come on up in the second hour. Teresa Staley will be here right after the weather with Alex Elisi of KDLT. You're going to want to stay tuned on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSO. Parking lot so loud and bright. He hasn't worked in 20 years. Probably never made a single person Four fourteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. This ain't Christmas music. It's Billy Idol. Rebel yell. Last night And I don't know how appropriate that is, but I play that for our next guest, City Councilor <laughs> Teresa Staley. Uh, Teresa, thanks for uh, stopping by the studio on this snowy, lovely day. Hey, Mary, I skated over here from Van Epps and uh, came came down 229. You did? I did. Mm-hmm. Wow, you were brave. I got here just in time, I guess, before the traffic stop up. How was it? Was it bad? It, no, it was great, but it, it's, it's very slippery. Yeah, so you drove nice and careful and slow. As I always do. Yes, that's very the kind slow. of person you are. <laughs> anyway, you've uh, uh, we like to have Teresa in from time to time. Uh, and, and all counselors, really. I, I don't want people to think that we only care about Teresa Staley. Mostly, I, I like to have Teresa on because she, uh, she'll argue with me, and I like that. Um, I don't know why, but I do. Uh, but, you know, we have other counselors on. But you recently have been in the middle of uh, a lot of stuff, Teresa. There's a lot of stuff going on with the city council. Uh, um, and and it's the color of darkness. It's it's black stuff. Bla- well, it's say. not that bad. It's yeah, just it city is. business, man. Dark city business. Why Se- do you Why do you say that? Business. Well, because it's secret. A culture of secrecy. Well, you know what you I want me to tell you. Why I'm saying well, that? Well, let, first of all, let's let's just <clears throat> sort of go through a few things that have okay, happened recently. Right. And let's we'll start with the most recent one, mm-hmm. which is on Tuesday night. The council voted eight to nothing to not approve the contract of Landscapes Unlimited. Well, we deferred the vote. So, so but you I, voted eight to nothing to defer it. To defer but it, you yes. didn't approve it, yes. We did not approve it. You deferred it till next Tuesday, special meeting, day after Christmas. Day after Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. That's going to be lovely. It'll be, uh, uh, I, I think, very, very in the spirit of the holiday, congenial, right? It's always congenial. Was it congenial on Tuesday? I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I was following. No, I, I, I think it was. No, I don't think there was anything contentious happening. I think everything flowed beautifully. It was a long meeting. Every person who wanted to give public input was allowed to do that, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. The mayor didn't cut anyone off. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, uh, the, the, let's go back, but if we can talk about the secret aspect of this, you've been asking all the mayoral candidates about the RFP process, the mm-hmm. request for proposal, Patrick. Yep. I listen to those interviews. I save them. Many I put on Facebook. I really appreciate you bringing that that issue up because well, it has to do with secret decisions. And so, just to ba- just to step back on this one, okay? Okay. As it relates to so, folks. You know, because people don't follow RFPs and all that. Right. But they are interested in how the government works and whether it's being done out in the open. That's true. So it, with regard to the golf course management, mm-hmm. Dakota Golf Management, Tom Jancy, who's on the program, mm-hmm. had the contract, 23 years. They put it out for RFP, request for proposals, which meant five of them came in, mm-hmm. including Dakota Golf, mm-hmm. including Great Life, mm-hmm. Landscape Unlimited, and then two other people. Mm-hmm. It goes through a process that, is it is a secret process uh, for a lot of reasons we'll talk about, and then uh, they decide that through that process they pick 
a vendor. And it could be anything, but in this case, it was management of the golf courses. And then that decision is delivered to the council with, in the form of, in this case, the contract for Landscapes Unlimited. But that is right. But let's go back to um, the committee that was chosen that no one knew who was on the committee. Right. You never know who's on the committee. Right. And um, then as soon as they made their decision, they had a big press conference. And this is how things are, are packaged in our community. They had a big press conference to announce this as if it was a done deal. So, And usually it is, right? Well, Most I, requests for proposals go through the plot process. They usually don't have a press conference. Then it's, it's, it, the contract is, is sent to the uh, council for approval, right? Well, actually, be, we've had a, con, a condensed amount recently I, as a citizen oh yeah i, mean, I didn't time, watch this right. that that closely you know as a citizen the time frame here was highly compressed and we'll talk about that several of them coming at us yes yes, yes. where they but were making a decision so okay so we, we've got this this i became aware of this first uh, request for proposal thing when we came off of the lloyd property on north phillips the t- but that's a whole nother thing but anyway so we have this happening in the midst of this, however, I have golfers emailing me, right. calling me. We want great life. We want Dakota golf. I'm not a golfer. I'm getting a just a, a barrage of of communication, and, and I like to respond to people. And I was thinking, I was kind of looking through and, and asking questions about when will we be able to tell these people what the council, will, what we're going to be able to do with this. And that's when I was told, well, counselor, yeah, you're going to get one choice, and that's it. You're going to just vote to approve our, our special pick. But I, so, the point I want to make is that the process for the golf RFP was not any different than No, that. no, and I, that, right. I think that's been done in right. our community. However, right. I was to- I've been told over and over, Counselor Staley, we are just following state law. State law says that the, these bids have to remain sealed. Well, you don't get to have the They're comparison. They're not bids. Or uh, proposals. Right. You, don't, you don't get to see the proposals. It's state law. So a week ago when this came up, I said to the council, I'm going to call municipalities across the state and ask how they handle it. And I did. I called Aberdeen. Now, now you, you may say, well, Teresa, why didn't you call Minneapolis or Lincoln, Nebraska? Because every state has different mandates about right. how they handle this. So I thought, I'm going to stay within our state. I called Yankton, talked to their city attorney. I called Rapid City, talked to their city attorney's office. Watertown, they're, they're in transit from city attorney. They lost there, so I talked to the man who handles RFPs within their um, public works department. And I talked to the mayor of Aberdeen and one of the counselors from Aberdeen. How do you handle proposals and letting the council see all proposals? They all said, we let them see them. We keep nothing from them. From the council? From the Does council. that include does it like an executive session, or how does that work? They made it sound like you could just see it if you wanted to. Okay. No, and they said, in the public as well, they said, we, can't, we wouldn't be able to do business in our communities that way if we had that closed process. And it comes, it, this brings forth this other thing, a passion I have, Patrick. I have been doing it as a citizen. I'm doing it as a council person. It is helping the public to know what's going on I, before the vote. We, they need to know weeks before so they can start communicating with us. In our community, over and over, I've just watched it happen where a vote takes place and then it hits the paper and then it's too late. That's true. Often, often it's one or two weeks between readings, or it's even from the first reading. Yeah, that's true. So we, we need. I mean, it, the way it's supposed to work is we're supposed to hear from the public. So I've been spending my own money sending. Uh, I do ma- some mailings to alert people. I did it about that parking ramp. Uh, I sent a little newspaper out. I've. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing the media thing when possible to just anything to let people know this is what's happening. And I'm, whether I'm an elected official or another a citizen down the road, I'm going to continue to do that because we all, we're all working together here, and it's a need that we have. Teresa Staley, city council member, and uh, we're talking about <clears throat> government secrecy. So let's go back to the, the golf management contract. So Tuesday night, you 
you know, the council voted unanimously to defer it, which basically turned the whole thing on its head. And, and you know, I think part of that, that is really a shining example of how effective public input can be because we sat there and listened for, and they, we heard the mayor's administration give their, uh, not, this is not meant to be derogatory, but dog and pony show. Really? <laughs> they did their dog and pony show for over an hour. They had the public works, or they had the parks director up there, and then the finance person, and then the attorney, and then the company themselves. And they, they went through every minutia detail you could think of. They made the people sit there, the, all, the packed house, until 10 to 9. Well, 10 to 9. And then the, the people started to testify, and at 25 after, the mayor starts to, he does this, he does this summation thing, mm -hmm. where he starts to go through what, everything they've said, mm -hmm. and I think it tends to put kind of an intimidation factor on the, the people there. So well, you, I, know, you know my feeling about when you have big issues, you need to separate the public input from the regular meeting, but that's my, that's my issue, because... Oh, be, you mean have it at a different time? Have it on the, have it as a separate opportunity for people to come and talk about it so you don't have that time pressure. But, but you know what? go ahead. Listen to me, Mr. Lally. Yes, ma'am. I'm the one sitting there. I sat there until 1030. Yeah. I would have sat there till 1230. I know. I'm happy to do whatever it takes. I think they, they belong in the package deal. Don't push that off on another night. But that's my opinion. But however, the mayor started doing this summation thing and I called for a point of order. I said, Mr. Mayor, we all heard what, what was said. These people are waiting to speak. You're using their time and he let them just get up and finish. It, so that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, folks, we've we've heard a few of these points over and over. Um, try and say, try and keep your comments. If you have something different to say, keep it to that. I mean, that would compress it a little bit. That's, that's a fair thing to say. Well, so then you why don't, do we hear him, why do we hear his administration saying things to us over and over? We heard them at the informational. We hear them at the first reading. We hear them at the press conference. So I think there's that that gives weight to the issue when you might hear somebody saying I know, the same but people thing. will respond to that. To just say we're not going to take any more comment because we've heard that before, I think that that's arbitrary. But to, to encourage people to keep their points original that's, is okay. Okay, that's fine. But I, they, they I were, would say that. They, but we had great public input. Yeah. And, and, it didn't, and it didn't go on that long. What was it, like an hour, right? If, if that. Yeah, it was I think it was probably 45 minutes. But one of the, the uh, most touching parts for me was when uh, Tom Walsh gets up. Now, remember, Tom. I was surprised by that. He, he is. I saw him come in. This guy was the. Tom Walsh, who is the head of Great, great Life, Life, former Burger, you know, King. Burger King founder. He, wants the, he wanted this. He wanted to be the guy, the winner. He gets up and says, go with Dakota Golf. And he also gave his own um, feelings about the selection committee that that it was a cronyism type of a energy. You heard? You heard him say that. I did not hear his testimony. I only well, know he testified. That's what he said. Okay. And it was powerful. I even mentioned it in my comments before we voted. So. Um, yep. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about this and other issues because there's plenty to talk about. We're going to fill the time. I'm not worried about that. And then we're going to sing a few Christmas carols. We are. And we're going to eat cookies during the break. <laughs> okay. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. There we go. It's uh, four. 35 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I extended that. Just, this is a little, you know, I never break the wall, but I extended that uh, 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 portion there for Teresa Staley, our guest, City Councilor Teresa Staley, so she could hear it before I turned on the microphones. Thank you. But Thank there you, you go. It's a bare naked ladies, God rest you, merry gentlemen. She requested some traditional Christmas music, and that's, that's about as best as I can do. I, I have one little surprise left for you after the next oh, break. So, okay. All right. um, but that's, we're not here to talk about mm. Christmas music as lovely as that conversation would be for the next half an hour. Um, we are here to talk about city business and we were discussing the process by which the contract for the golf course management, the three public golf courses was decided and mm -hmm. that it is still in limbo very quickly. Um, so you deferred that vote to award the contract to, to approve the contract with landscapes unlimited 
to decide whether or not you can just extend the contract for Dakota Golf Management, which currently runs the golf courses for another year, or right. what you can do. And it was a maneuver. It was a very interesting maneuver. Counselor uh, Michelle Erpenbach supported what I hit, what I was doing, but we, we made an, uh, an amendment to uh, defer the, the implementation of the, the new contract for a year and to extend Dakota Golf's contract for a year. And uh, there was some discussion, and I, I thought maybe it was going to pass, but instead Rec Counselor Rolfing made an, a counter-amendment to defer it till this Tuesday. Right. So we're, we're going to be coming together. I could bring forth this amendment again, same yep. thing, on, on this next Tuesday. But before then, you will have a better idea of what you can actually do. Because wasn't that the issue? Like, you're not, you're, you're sort of... Uh, uh, working in space there where you you know you're not exactly sure what the contract would allow uh, well, but you're I pretty mean, sure you're pretty sure now at this point that during this special meeting the day after Christmas uh, 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 that you will have certainty some certainty that you can extend you can you know not have the contract for Landscapes Unlimited and you can extend the Dakota Golf. Well I, and we, we don't I don't know I haven't received any any legal uh not yet, but on Tuesday you'll have a better idea, right? Hopefully, yes. yes. But uh, I, I was getting the feeling last Tuesday that the it was going to get voted down. The contract itself was going to be voted down, and the reason we had this skirmish to try to to get landscapes or excuse me Dakota Golf involved was because there's a concern for two things. There's a concern for their employees who won't have any benefits, any health insurance. There'll be there'll be a void there with no contract, and then you've got Dakota Golf has all their equipment in our our facilities. So what happens to that? And the equipment really came down to the game changer for me, because uh, they Dakota Golf for all these years has owned their equipment, they have maintained the equipment, hasn't cost the city a dime, and now we're bringing in a firm from Lincoln, Nebraska. That is, the city is saying to them, we're going to buy the equipment for you. We'll take care of the equipment. The taxpayers are going to support See, that. See, that's unclear to me, though. So why is the city buying this equipment at all? Because that's not in the contract, is it? Well, I, I don't think it was in the RFP, but it's in the contract. Yes. That the so city would buy the old equipment from... Not the old equipment, but just equipment. So, the city will supply it. So it's natural for the city to go to Tom Jansa who is the president of Dakota Golf, and say, we'll buy your equipment from you. But he doesn't have to sell it to him. No, and that that was another... And they lowballed him. That was what was at issue, yes, is um, he wanted this much, and the city offered him this much, and... So then- here's my question, and maybe you don't know. If on January 1st, when Dakota Golf's contract runs out, they pull all their stuff out, put their stuff on eBay, and uh, the city has a contract with Landscapes and Loon, and on January 1st, there's no equipment. That's right. Then the city's going to buy the equipment. And the, the question that we've asked is, how much is that total expenditure going to be? It's, and they, they can't tell us. It's a lot, right? I mean, it's not. Oh, well, we were told they'd be prudent. They'd be prudent. And well, well, I'm told that all the time. But it's I'm, golf carts and lawnmowers. Yes. I mean, these are not cheap pieces yes. of machinery, brand new. Uh, I, I just think at the end of the day, what I'm hearing from the community is that let's leave it as it is. And... and <clears throat> I, I propose to giving them a one-year contract. I'm hearing maybe a three-year contract, uh, and then let that give them a chance to pull through this the recession, pull through the, the, the renovations. Yeah, and um, they haven't had all the holes operating in the city's golf courses for five years, right? And it's it's kind of a just a community support thing. Um, and I don't remember the council ever doing this. But it's within your authority to say, oh, we went through the RFP process and we just don't like the result, right? It better be. Well, I, 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 I heard secondhand that there was some some scuttlebutt with, within the council yesterday that saying that, well, if you don't approve this contract, which was the only choice we got, if you vote that down, there could be a lawsuit. Well, and that we are only a formality, really. We're just kind of the pretty... A little squirrely There's no thing. such thing as a formality when it comes to a council. I vote. don't think so. It doesn't exist. Well, I take it seriously. There's no ceremonial vote. But just because that that selection committee, who was secret, that was selected by God knows what 
protocol. I mean, I don't know how the people got on that committee. But, but well, I had, you know, we didn't know anything about it. Golfers didn't know they could apply to be on the committee. It was handpicked by the mayor. So that that committee selected this company. That doesn't mean I have to to endorse that as a council member. No, and if I, a majority of the council says no, then it's no, right? It would be no. The, the problem I, is I don't how, how do we have the... the what's, what's, what's the grounds to sue? <laughs> that landscapes could come... Well, and the mayor was on another radio show yesterday morning. I won't probably That's say... That's fine. He's not coming on this well, radio show. <laughs> well, anyway, he was on there saying that he was embarrassed for that company. It's an embarrassing thing that they got to this point. They never got a contract. We're sitting there dissecting their whether they should even be the, a player or not. And, it's embarrassing. I mean, that's, that's part of doing business. You know, you put it out there. And uh, I just don't think the citizens of our community want to operate in the dark like this. They want to have it more open and they want to have more information, not less information. All right, we're going to come right back after this short break and we're going to talk more to Teresa Staley of the Sioux Falls City Council at-large member. I did all of that backwards. She is the at-large City Council member, Teresa Staley. And uh, we're going to talk more about government secrecy. All right, this is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-five on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO. Some very nice Christmas music for City Councilor Teresa Staley, who's our guest. Oh, she's just smiling from ear to ear. I've never <laughs> seen her smile so much in my whole life. See, I told you I'd take care of you, Teresa. Thank you, Patrick. You're welcome. That was Amy Grant's version of "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." That was lovely. I've never heard that before. See, now I'm in a good mood again. A little, a little nice Christmas music, and all is right in the world. Yes, maybe. What we should do is play some lovely music, soothing music, before the city council meeting on Tuesday. You know, I was thinking at some point. <clears throat> Sing along, so, yes, carols? Yes, I was, <laughs> was going to just suggest that we all sing together. Wouldn't that, would that be, be neat? We sing God Bless America or some song. We pray together. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. We anyway, okay, we got, we got other It'd be like a Rotary talk. Club meeting. Uh, yes. I <laughs> Oh, the Star-Spangled Banner. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It'd be fabulous. You know, okay, you're in the break, mm-hmm. you told me that you have news. You have uh, you have news, actual breaking news. I have some right breaking here news. on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO, hot off the ticker, and it is... Hot off the press. Well, this is... We this don't is, have a press. Uh, well, so to speak. Keep uh, going. Okay, so I have... Uh, we've been hearing about the... The concern about uh, the, one of the guarantors of our parking ramp proposal was well, it's, it's happening. The multi-use parking ramp, I was opposed to it. I voted no. Councilor Starr left the room, did not vote on that. And <clears throat> with, with all of the things that have happened this week, I have uh, been working with our city attorney's office and this afternoon. All that's happened is that uh, Jonathan Ellis, our guest yesterday, mm-hmm. and Joe Sneavy, the city hall reporter for the Arts Leader, broke three stories, I think, two or three stories, that that say there's a criminal investigation against Hulker Construction, which was involved in the destruction of the Copper Lounge building, and is also connected to Legacy Development. They're two it, separate companies, but they are. But the connection there is Aaron Hulker. That is right. Go ahead. That is right. And so and um, so I'm um, and the mayor was on on this other radio show yesterday saying that the reason that we even. Uh, embrace this was the council did it it was all on the council's part we we which wasn't me but it was my colleagues anyway i had i've been working with our city attorney's office we have crafted an ordinance i have support for this we're going to be bringing it forth on january 2nd and it's an ordinance that is going to repeal the bonding for the ramp and he's we've got every all the parts of it listed to repeal all the different uh pieces but um now that's a question You've been working with the city attorney's office. You know, can you do that? Well, the city attorney said I could. I okay. mean, if the city attorney doesn't know what he's talking about, then we're really in trouble. Because well, the documents haven't been signed? or Right. It's not a done deal yet, and the bonds haven't been sold. It's somewhat like the administration building, you know, when we still had time to— we. we we were um, trying to refer it. To, to, well, no, they tried to refer it for a vote, but, I mean, we defunded the administration building is what the council did, and the mayor vetoed it. Uh, so 
at least I'm bringing forth an effort to, to bring this thing to a halt. Until we clear the air, we need to, to make sure that we're building this, this foundation with this private entity on very solid ground. And I, I just want to note, because it's, it's an important point, that Hulkern Construction is not part of the construction. No, and I'm project. not, I'm saying nope, building. So to, yeah, yep. that's But I just right. want, so people understand. Exactly. It's a different company, even though there is a common person. And, and the, that common person is one of the guarantors. Yep. Uh, they gave us four names of the front men who will. And he's one of them, Aaron Paul Sink, Larry Canfield, Dr- Norm Drake, and um, Aaron Hulkern. So they are the front men, but there's other investors that are going to come on board as well. And I've wanted to know who all of those people are. And I've and that's touchy because they're a, I mean, and I, I, they're a private company. Okay. And they can raise their financing from whomever they want. The concern and the, because I don't think that they have to tell you where their money comes from. The concern for a lot of people is whether or not. There are, I don't know how else to say this, that whether or not there are public people who have a connection to the moneyed interests, that's the issue. That is right. But that is on a public official, honestly, to disclose a connection. And if they don't do that, that is an ethical violation. Well. And that should be public. And that's where it gets, that's where it gets really, really hard. Because they are a private company. We've asked them to do business with us. Just because they're doing business with us doesn't mean we get to know everybody that gives them money. Well, and that's that's a big community discussion because we, we're, we're, we're embracing these things. I say we're marrying these people. We're, we're connected to them. And we're building them a very nice ramp. I mean, sure th- that are. they're going to be using yep. $21 million for 520 spaces. It's to me, it's overpriced. I know you, I know you think it's overpriced. And, and, and we had that discussion in the city that the administration screwed this up by not giving Joe Sneavy, the reporter from the Argus leader, the proper information when he asked for it, which caused some misconceptions. It is more expensive than the average, but it's not as much as it was. It initially appeared, right? Well, that, that still got all convoluted because they were talking about soft costs and we have, I mean, there was... It, you know, what you learn about with in the legal world is you can take anything, an end result, and you can justify it with the right attorney. Uh, and so it's we've got the city's attorney. I, I think in a lot of these things coming up, the council, again, needs to have their own legal advice. Uh, I was told by a city council member today that he, with back to the uh, golf course issue, he's seeking outside legal counsel about this. He's going outside the city attorney's office. I, I didn't ask him if he's paying for that or if no, it's No, because friend. the city attorney works for the mayor. I, mm-hmm. And that's the reality of it. At, I know that technically the city attorney represents the city's interest, but the city attorney works for the mayor. Whoever the city attorney is, whoever the mayor is. And I've asked for information about this, um, the golf course situation and also about the parking ramp. And the city attorney smacks confidentiality on it. And I've said to them, I want this in a format that I can share with the media and the public. And then they put the confidentiality smacker on there. And it's like, take that off. Can we go macro for just a second here uh, with Teresa Staley, city councilor at large? Um, you wanted to sing? I was going to say, you, <laughs> I was gonna say you, quit, you quit smiling there for a minute. I was okay. going to play Hark the Herald Angel Sing oh, again. Oh, okay. But no, this goes to a, the broader issues of, of transparency in government, obviously. And do you think that there need to be fundamental changes in law or that at, at the end of any eight-year administration, you're going to have issues between elements of government and the media and all that? Is this a fundamental issue in our ordinances or is this just uh, the personalities that are involved? That are, well, I think it, a lot of it comes back to the, the person in charge. It's their style. That, Mike, that you through the mayor. Is, this yep. is this is how There's we no do doubt. it. We're going to take. I was in a meeting with him with staff months ago, and he said, "We don't need the public to help us figure this out. We can do it ourselves." I I shook my head at the well, time. Well, some of the public wants it to work that way, and a lot of people do believe that we hire the mayor, we vote on the mayor to run the dang city, and you guys are just there uh, to, uh, well, to to 
watch Patrick, some maybe, measure. okay, the people you run with, the bikers, may feel that way. The bike community, I'll tell you, the people in my in my world well, don't don't feel that way. Some people, I understand some, but you're... And I so, didn't get elected by people who want me to take... Well, and I'm saying this to people mm-hmm. all the time. That people will call me and tell me things. I say, you need to say this. You write that's the letter true. to the editor. No, that's true. We need you to be involved. I was involved as a citizen. I didn't, I didn't have the city council carrying any of my water baby. Well, that's I true. did it myself, right? <laughs> no, that's very true. Yeah, I had to take matters into Even my own hands. Even when you hands. were wrong. Well, <laughs> well, 76% of the people usually agreed with me on my petition. <sighs> and okay. But but nonetheless, I think what we need to do with this RFP thing is we in the front end, if other mu- communities in South Dakota can do it this way, we can. The front end, you just let these businesses putting forth proposals know, hey, we're going to be revealing this information after we've made this selection committee decision, we'll redact, white out, black out, mark out anything you don't want in there. But we're going to make this available to our elected officials and any interested citizens. I I think that that would be very. I would love it. I think there needs to be more transparency in the system in a lot of ways. But the RFP system, because part of it is because of things that have happened, including having to sue. Yes. The city to get the information from the from the settlement over the siding, people there's a there's an air of mistrust. Now that might change with a new mayor. But oh, and I think it's, you continue to ask those questions to all those candidates coming yeah, in, Patrick. I well, and that's fabulous because it Thanks. that well, forces them to and I did hear one candidate who the first time he was on he had one thing that he said yeah. and then he changed right, his well, mind we're not going to so, talk about that yeah because we don't have time okay. but we're going to have you back okay, <laughs> okay. Teresa, you're going to come yes. back right yeah always all right yes I will uh thanks back. for coming in today i really merry appreciate christmas it. merry god christmas to you. you god bless you there's no more christmas right. music though this is the patrick lally show on information 1000 ksoo 457 on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo you didn't think just because it was christmas i was going to change my uh my affinity for the clash did you surely you chest no that's not going to happen nothing better than a clash christmas don't forget people you have until the 24th of december that's coming up that's what that's like Saturday. You can still donate to the Miracle on 41st Street Toy Drive. Drop off a new toy, cash, donation, or item of need at the Children's Inn gift wrapping booth in the Macy's Wing of the Empire Mall. Have your gifts wrapped at the booth for a cash donation to the Children's Inn. Special thanks to Great Plains Dental, Great Western Bank, and Excel Energy for helping sponsor this year's event. That's where I'm going. I'm going to have them wrap mine because I don't want to do it. Hey, everybody. We'll be back on Tuesday. That's Tuesday with Mr. Joe Sneavy from Marcus Leader Media. I bet we're going to talk more about this stuff we just got done with. Merry Christmas, everybody. Ho, ho, ho.